You're listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. If you're a UND fan but don't have Midco Cable, you can still stay in the game with Midco Sports Plus, our official streaming app. Watch Fighting Hacks games live or catch recent contests on demand along with instant access to original programs like Day by Day and North Dakota Hockey Central. Get signed up today at midcosportsplus.com. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast, episode 97, coming your way on a Tuesday morning, October the 5th, big day today. Bill Chaves, Alex Heinert with you, our producer is Cassie Niles. October's great in so many different ways. We've been talking about it the last couple of pods, how much we like the fall. October, though, is just a little bit different, mainly because of postseason baseball. We're going to get to that throughout this podcast, but this is a special time of year, and I know this day greets you well, Bill, for on a number of different levels. But let, how are you feeling? How are you doing as we go into this new month? Yeah, I'm doing great. Great. Happy uh, happy October, right? Um, I, is it possible? I was having a conversation with uh, Chad Karthauser, our CFO in, in athletics. And uh, is October the best month of athletics? I mean, I, I think, you know, sneaky good. I mean, you've got conference play across the board, starting for football, for volleyball, cross country is going into their championship season. Hockey is beginning. I'm thinking totality from a totality. You zoom out. I mean, gosh, yeah. October baseball is unbelievable every time. Yeah. Just, just a total zoom out. Yeah. yeah. Total zoom out. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Everything, everything is pretty much happening in October. Basketball, hockey, you're starting. Baseball's ending. Football's in full swing. It's pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty good month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're either starting, you're either starting a year, or ha- you have hopes of your year, or it's concluding, or you're right in the middle, right, with uh, with the with the fall season. So it's kind of interesting. I, you know, I think there's always this concept and thought of maybe that March range is always kind of interesting, you know. But yeah. March is good. But uh, but this is a you know heck of a month, and uh, we've got all of our teams uh, going in one way, shape or form. And, uh, if you're a spring sport, you've got your, uh, you know, your non-championship segment of your, uh, fall campaigns going on. So, uh, a lot of things happening, just really busy. That's what I will tell you. Really busy. <laughs> it was a, that, that's a great word to use. And that describes, I think what was going on around campus and around Grand Forks this past weekend with so much going on. We're going to get to a lot of that, a recap of what's been taking place around UND athletics preview of what's ahead that's the plan for pod number 97 in our fifth pod of the new school year. Uh, let's kind of start really then and, and dive into the biggest, the, really the biggest event of the weekend, the football game against North Dakota State here in town, two top 10 programs. First time the Bison had played in Grand Forks since 2003, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a, the hype of the game was phenomenal and the atmosphere was outstanding. It just, it seemed like every box Outside of maybe the final result for UAD fans, every box really was checked. This one lived up to the hype bill. Yeah, I, I think when you're going into a, a game like this, uh, I think all of us, you know, want to make sure, uh, you know, it, it's it, it lives up to to all the conversation leading up. And I did, it, and actually in more in, in so many ways. And so, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know, if you if we if we kind of maybe go back one day uh, on Friday, sort of heading into it, um, 
you know, a couple things occurring at that stage of the game. The Alaris Center for the second time in, in two weeks had a major concert. So obviously had to flip the building. And uh, Anna and her group did a, just a phenomenal job uh, of flipping the building. And uh, our city folks, um, I know that they were all hands on deck for uh, for the Alaris Center. So that was, that was great. Um, and, you know, back to the, you know, the new turf. I know our football um, team loves the turf. But the ability to be able to do this for Grand Forks, have events like this, because you never know when we're going to be scheduled home, right? We don't control our conference schedule. And then uh, we're so far out uh, in scheduling non-conference games that if an opportunity comes with a, with a performer, an artist – you know, it's tough if, if you can't use that Friday before the game. And so, you know, to some degree, do we, you know, is that ideal? Well, no, it's not ideal, but at least it gives us an option to be able to do it. We're able to do that, in, uh, you know, two, two, uh, two successive home games. And so, you know, you back up, that was Friday night, right? And then before that, we had um, our booster luncheon, which was just packed. I mean, at the Ralph, I mean, I, I, a couple hundred people was unbelievable. And then uh, that night we had the ability to, uh, to honor uh, two classes of hall of famers that we lost out on in 2020. So that was all just leading up into it. And, 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 and on top of that too, we had a home soccer match, you know? And so, so when you have a home soccer match, a lot of our staff is putting on a production. I mean, that's what you're doing. I mean, that's where we are in this day and age. And so you're wondering who are all these people doing that? Well, you know, that's our staff. I mean, I, you know, they're kind of bopping from one thing to the other. So, uh, uh, and you know that more than anything, and no, more than anyone uh, as far as Saturday as to how that uh, transpired. So anyways, leading up all that to be said, Alex, it was an awesome weekend for sure. Wish we were a touchdown better and an extra point, no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, as, as far as all of the things that we could control, um, I thought it went very, very well. Yeah, apologies for, for burying the lead a little bit there because there was so much other than just the game. Hall of Fame was fantastic. Great to see both of those classes recognized during the game. So many, you know, from the 2001 football team to different individuals that played for that program over the years, plus a number of other individuals that earned this honor, this this great honor to be a part of the Athletics Hall of Fame now and uh, and as you said, between soccer, the concert, the game itself, hockey beginning as well, exhibition game on Friday, on Saturday night, which we'll get to. It was just a banner weekend for the city of Grand Forks. And you couldn't have asked for a more beautiful weekend. No wind, perfect temperatures, fall colors out in full force. Like it was, you know, that collegiate feel, which we've talked about on this pod in recent weeks, at its zenith. It just, it was such a great day on Saturday in the city. And that's again, one of the reasons why we love this place so much. Yeah. Well, you know, what can athletics do for a university? I think that's, we saw it in, uh, you know, on tilt, uh, you know, over the weekend is uh, so many people excited about what's transpiring, especially in a state like ours where, uh, you know, there's no professional um, sport teams. And so when these two teams uh, tangle in any sport, but, you know, never mind it being football in the first time in a generation that the, the Bison were in Grand Forks, 
it obviously led to a lot of different uh, uh, emotions for some and uh, and certainly led to a great game. But the governor was here as well. And, I, you know, just there's just a lot of pieces of the puzzle that, uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, were responsible for just putting on a great, great show. And uh, like I said, mentioned the, the, the city and the Alaris Spectra, uh, our staff, um, you know, then, of course, uh, in the evening, Jody's staff did it just a phenomenal job. So just a, a lot of hands on deck, but uh, it's a great uh, reason why we do what we do. And it provides uh, the things you want to provide in a community. And uh, I, it was like, uh, uh, you know, full fledge on uh, this past weekend. Uh, the game itself, as you said, was was tight throughout everything you'd want. I mean, came down to the final drive, essentially. What did you make of the football game against the Bison on Saturday? Yeah, I, you know, it felt like uh, it comes down to a few plays and um, either you, you, you either uh, are on the the right side or the wrong side of those plays. And uh, unfortunately, if uh, let's use the word five, you know, uh, I would say we were on, unfortunately, the wrong side of three or four of those plays. And, uh, you know, and, you know, but I, I, I liked um, the aggressiveness. I liked, um, you know, you can, you can kick yourself on a lot of different things in Monday morning quarterback, a lot of things uh, when something say doesn't go your way, but uh, in real time, you know, you got to make a choice. Am I here front footing this thing and and going full throttle or am I sort of kind of playing it safe, if you will. And uh, I appreciated coach Schweigert's um, let's just say mentality to go for it. Now, you know, he might, he might have a different, uh, you know, thought on some things, but at the end of the day, I thought our guys played really, really well. The crowd was phenomenal. Uh, you know, the, the atmosphere was great. And so, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, what I look forward to Alex is us having, you know, maybe not exactly that same environment. Cause it, you know, it's those two teams for sure. But I would say, you know, something similar, you know, each time we're at home, because, you know, in most years, it's 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 five dates. And uh, if we can uh, have that uh, sort of uh, support makes it really hard on the opposition to play. Well, you could see it even on first down and second down when the Bison offense were out there. It wasn't just on like a big third and three you know, fourth down play, those sorts of things. It was throughout the game. Fans were on their feet making noise. I mean, the biggest home at home crowd, really, since the building opened. I mean, it, it was a packed house and they made their presence felt. And as you said, the team gave them a lot to cheer for over the course of 60 minutes. And if you look at the stats, and if you were, obviously, anybody who watched the game knows, it was just a, a, a tense game, a close game. Every play seemed to carry weight and significance. And just so so unusual for the fourth game of the season. But knowing who the opponent was and knowing what was at stake and knowing the history, it made perfect sense why it was such a stressful 60 minutes or about three hours of real time inside the Alara Center and, for, and really through the entire state of North Dakota. Yeah, you're right. The uh, you know I looked up uh, when I was departing and uh, the statistics were pretty darn even. Could they be any more even? Really? I mean, really, across board, the, the, the one statistic was turnovers. You know, I, obviously, uh, but but across the board, as far as just everything, I mean, I and, and, and at at one point, I thought NDSU, you know, they they were uh, maybe two to one on time of possession, but that kind of evened out too. 
Yeah, that clo- that gap closed. And so, uh, you know, the other the other group I've got to give a shout out to as well as our student body. I mean, they showed up in full force and stayed and uh, and then, you know, turned right around and uh, showed up in full force again at the Ralph. So, uh, you know, and you think about it, um, Alex, we've got two classes of uh, of of students, freshmen and sophomores that really hadn't been to a game. So it's kind of a just just weird times, right? I mean, just we've just been in a weird funk. And uh, but hopefully this uh, provided again another level of normalcy. Well, if they had not been to a home events, you know, or, or maybe just got to go in in the restricted section of the spring, you know, either for volleyball or basketball or those sorts of things, their eyes were certainly open this weekend if they made it out. What a first event to get to go to if that was your first UND athletics event, either hockey or football. It was really special. And so, like you said, you hope that that now continues on. And next home games in a couple of weeks for football coming up against Western Illinois on October the 23rd. So another opportunity two weeks from now to come out in full force to support a team that is still, again, Two and two right now, 0 and one in the valley. The whole season's still ahead of them, and I still ranked, you know, number eleven in the country. They moved down one spot in the latest stats poll. The way the defense played on Saturday, and the way that this team hung in there and showed fight and continued to play for each other, even though guys were getting knocked out of the game and there was some adversity offensively, etc. The future is still really, really bright for this group, and they get a good test this weekend in South Dakota against a Coyote team that's playing well. Um, you can watch that game, by the way, live on Midco Sports, 2 o'clock on Saturday at the Dakota Dome. Uh, so tough test coming up. But certainly, again, so much to be excited about for this team moving forward, despite the fact they come up a little bit short uh, to NDSU this past weekend. Yeah, football is a uh, is a funny season where uh, each each week is its own season, really. Uh, and, uh, and even whether you win or lose... Um, Obviously, you can't get to a certain point, but but at the end of the day, if you can find ways to keep yourself just in in play, if you will, really what you want to do is get to November one and really start playing your best football. I mean, so but you can't play yourself out of it, uh, you know, prior to November one. And so um, the next two weeks obviously are incredibly important. Uh, go on the road against two teams that are, uh, you know, um, playing very well at home for sure. Uh, and so we'll have our work cut out for us, no doubt about it. Now, you know, can you, can you kind of flush, you know, what transpired this past week and, uh, all eyes on USD because, uh, um, they, they're, they're very, very good team and they're very, very good in Vermilion. So, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be a challenge for sure. Yeah, USD this weekend, Southern Illinois, who you mentioned, coming up on the road next weekend. So two back-to-back difficult road games, but this team has a habit of being able to rally after defeat. They've not had a lot of losing streaks in the last couple of seasons under Bubba Schweigert, so a great chance to get back on the horse this week against the Coyotes on Saturday. Hockey, meanwhile, hasn't even started their official regular season yet, but we got a first look at Bradbury's squad this past weekend in an exhibition game against Bemidji State, not Manitoba. And we haven't talked much about this. That's a new thing this year, the NCAA allowing a waiver for college teams to play each other because Canadian teams are going to have a tough time getting across the border, which is a smart thing by the NCAA. Talk us through behind the curtain a little bit about how that all came together, where you're sitting as you kind of find out maybe this game against the Bisons from Manitoba is not going to happen. What are we going to do now to fill in? What was that like in the, in the buildup to this season, Bill, with the exhibition? Yeah, there was some conversation, uh, 
you know, even last year, right? Like who could you play and, you know, who, you know, who had the uh, ability to play and all of that, right? But, um, you know, this year, I think many schools do, uh, you know, play uh, teams from north of the border. And so, and with the border issue, the way it was, um, you know, someone like a Josh Fenton, who does such a fantastic job, gets ahead of this type of stuff to try to get that waiver. And that's what transpired. Once that waiver came uh, to pass, Coach Barry's got such great relationships with, with, with so many folks in the hockey world, but, you know, we have a, a wonderful relationship with Manitoba and, uh, you know, we were just honest with them, you know, Hey, look, you know, that seems as if um, it could be a challenge. And, uh, and, and we, we certainly didn't want to lose that date. And then, uh, and so coach, uh, you know, reached out to Bemidji and again, awesome relationship with Bemidji. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we quickly saw, you know, wanted to see whether or not they had interest, uh, in it and they did. And, uh, and so that just worked out and, uh, you know, I mean, you think about it, many other sports do this, right. I mean, you know, they, they play teams that you're going to play during the year, but I, I think it, that, you know, those games are more about yourself to be able to analyze what you have, not so much what the other team is particularly doing at that point. And so, you know, we brought in a top 15 team in the country that, you know, won a uh, NCA game last year, obviously had a a lot of returners back. And so we knew we were going to get a stern test and a test we did and probably helped us, uh, you know, heading into now uh, opening weekend against Niagara. Bradbury talked a lot this week about how this was going to be an eye-opening experience for his younger players. Maybe not so much as newcomers because they all were in the WCHA essentially and all played against the Beavers or played for the Beavers in goaltender Zach Driscoll's case in recent seasons. But you, you want to get ready for the season let's play a team that's really going to push us a little bit. And it was a fun game to see those two teams go and battle. Didn't, it did not feel like an exhibition. I mean, a, di- a completely different feel from the Bison football game from earlier in the day, which was so tense and so stressful, where this was like, this is really fun. This is fun that we're out here. But it was a physical game if you were on the ice. And the guys talked about how that is going to really enable them to get up to speed now as they start regular season play this Friday and Saturday against the Niagara team coming in from the Atlantic Hockey Association that will probably, again, play a similar style, a fast, heavy game. So it, uh, it was just fun being back in the Ralph and seeing it full, 11,000 plus in there. Hockey is just such a fun game to watch in person. And it was a good reminder of what it's like to watch a game in person with 11,000 of your closest friends. It was pretty special on Saturday night. It was, I, I was, um, I was relatively, uh, not, not surprised at having a really good crowd, but when we started, uh, to sell standing room only tickets, that's when you start pausing. Right. And you just say, wow, we're in a special place. And, uh, you know, uh, so I'll deviate for a half a second. We can do this on the spot is, uh, so the, so the deviation is, you know, you, um, so we had uh, Patty Viverito, the uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference Commissioner. She was here for the game, the football game. And then uh, she wanted to come to Grand Forks so that she could also um, experience hockey game too. So brought her to the hockey game. And, you know, I said to her, uh, you know, as we talk a lot about, you know, what's happening, I'll call it governance wise in the NCAA and, you know, uh, whatever we're doing with the Constitution Committee or Reconstitution Committee, I'm not quite sure which one it is, but let's just go with the Constitution. Um you know, I, I'm not sure some around the country are tracking on uh, what transpired, let's just say Saturday night for an exhibition hockey game in Grand Forks, North Dakota. 
And um, I, I worry that some of my uh, counterparts, um, you know, I, and the old saying, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, be careful. Be careful on some of the conversations that are occurring. You know, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, college athletics has a special um, history and place in this country and connected to universities. And it's really important in some states and regions. And uh, and then certainly in some sports that maybe not all 350 Division One schools play it can be still really important to folks. And I worry that um, not we're, we're, we're not tracking on that. And so uh, I, I will say that, um, don't worry, I, I, when I have an opportunity, I, I will say what I need to say to whomever I need to say it to. But right now it's, I think we're in kind of in a listening mode, so to speak. Um, so uh, we'll see what transpires moving forward. Hmm, interesting. How's that? I- <laughs> How's that for a nice deviation? I, I was going to say that's an interesting deviation today from that conversation. So I, I hope that people do take notice and that there is, you know, that people who represent places like UND, such as yourself and other schools around the country where things like this, college athletics, are still incredibly meaningful to their communities. And I think that's the vast majority. I'm not really sure where this other part is that, that seems to either be downplaying that or trying to make it into something that it's not or, or whatever, but... Um, I don't know. I, yeah, the, the need for change or the need to move off of what this model is or what's going on right now, maybe it's a little overblown right now. It just seems like, again, in a lot of parts of the country, things are, things are still good. I, maybe I'm just reading that wrong, but. No, you know, I, I think so. I, I think, um, so, you know, you try to figure out what's your elevator speech on certain things. And, uh, so we, if, if we're going to go to the fifth floor, I think my thought process would be, you know, are we talking about self-sufficient institutions from an athletic standpoint that there's about 25 of them in the country? And, and is that what we're talking about to change the constitution? Uh, is that what we're doing here? And, and at the end of the day, I, I, that's, that, that's a small percentage of what is occurring around the country. And, um, but that seems to be dominating the narratives. And so I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think we just need to be really thoughtful here, but I, you know, I watched us back in, uh, Washington DC again, you know, talking about NIL and trying to have a, uh, um, a standard for all 50 States, which, which certainly would be great, but, you know, I head scratch at times and I just say, you know, it, if we have to head to DC to, to manage our own business, um, it feels as if it's gotten away from us a little bit. You know, we spent a lot of time, you know, uh, gnashing our teeth over NIL. And, you know, I think it's been great. I think the opportunities for our students are great to be able to do that. It comes, you know, with responsibility, though, it comes with you having to decide, you know, again, do you want to have a small business? Is that what you're trying to do, too? I mean, those are things, those are real things. But, you know, we spent a lot of time kind of worrying about, you know, uh, you know, things, completely disintegrating in front of us. And it hasn't amazingly. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I paused, you know, on Saturday night and was grateful and thankful for, you know, everyone that supports us here at UND and, and at those, that game. And, And I'm sitting there going, wow. Um, we need to think this through a little bit as we're, as we're moving forward, but you know, there's a lot of good you know, thoughtful people, smart people discussing it, um, led by Bob Gates. So we'll see what transpires. I mean, it's a, uh, it's an interesting time 
in intercollegiate athletics. <laughs> yes, it is. Interesting days that we're living in here in 2021. Uh, the game itself, yeah, nice 2-1 win for Brad Derry and, and the club. We talked so much about the newcomers coming in. It was two returners that scored the goals for North Dakota, Reese Gaber and Jake Sanderson, both of whom are going to be really, really good this year. I think if people weren't excited about this team entering this weekend because they lost a lot from a season ago, I think they need to just reset a little bit. I think that the excitement is certainly going to be there inside the building and the expectations are going to be high and we'll get a chance to see this team for real now against Niagara. The Purple Eagles coming in on Friday and Saturday at 7 o'clock, by the way, on Friday night, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Do you want to talk us through the rationale behind a little earlier start times this season at the REA for home games, Bill? Yeah, really, you know, I, I think we're kind of following a trend. There's a, there's a number of schools around the country. We're certainly not the first one to do this um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think, you know, the thought is, uh, you know, on that, on the Friday, uh, you know, every half hour, an hour um, helps. It really does. And I think, you know, the teams obviously are here at that point in time. If we can drop the puck at seven, I, I think it works out well for us. And then the following day, um, you know, if you can, it, it, the earlier you can start it, especially if folks are coming on Friday night, staying the night, eh, that hour makes a difference with wherever you are going, right? You could be going south, we could be going a lot of different places, right? But if you want to get out of town, you know, you might be, you know, leaving about 8.45, 9 o'clock. And, you know, maybe if you got a two, three hour drive, you're home before midnight. So uh, I, I think that was the thought. And, and, and certainly teams that are potentially leaving, after that Saturday night as well, they got kind of gained back that hour. So I, you know, from those particular, you know, thoughts, Alex, and if you have a young family, um, you know, you know, the difference between putting, let's just say a child to bed at 1030 versus 930, or let's just say, you know, 930 versus nine, that's a big deal. <laughs> yes, I can vouch Isn't for Isn't it that. a big deal? Yes. It, like 10 minutes makes a big difference sometimes. Like you can tell with, with uh, my kids who are, Gonna, one one's going to be four this week, one's two, one's one's a newborn. You can tell if you are just a little bit behind schedule on bedtime. It is a whole different experience trying to read stories and get settled down. And uh, so yes, a half hour, an hour here or there, goodness yes, makes a huge difference. And I think a lot of people, by the way, maybe I'm just you know projecting because I'm a I'm a, a father of young children and have a young family. I liked the and I, you know I liked the fact that we're going to start at seven and six this year. I think that's great for all the all the reasons that you mentioned. I think that's a smart move. And like you said, we saw this a lot. Other teams in the league were doing this last year, and the response was really positive. I'm really I, I didn't love it this weekend because it kind of made things a little bit hairy getting from the Alaris Center to the Ralph. But most Saturdays, I'm going to be very pro seven and six. I think that's a good choice, certainly for the university. Yeah, I you know, and again, we'll 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 listen to our fans too at some stage of the game, and if there's issues, uh, you know, but sometimes you just have to do it, right? And and you go forward, no different than digital ticketing. Which again, I, I'll say this: uh, kudos to Heather and Val Sussex and everyone that has gotten the word out. Our staff, um, you know, Nicole and Kyle Dobrowski, and 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 obviously our fan base. They've done an awesome job, and uh, you know, we went through. We went through the uh, the game on Saturday. We had a little bit of scanner issues, um, just weirdly, I, I, you know. And again, technology is sometimes your friend, and sometimes maybe not your friend. And so uh, there were some hesitations, you know, through the door on that. But that was uh, something I think we've got figured out, which is good. And so uh, 
you know, all that to be said, I, I think we're, we're heading in a, in, in a really good direction there because uh, certainly if you do want to transfer tickets and do those t- uh, things, boy, it's pretty, pretty slick to be able to do that. Yeah, heck of a lot easier sometimes when you don't have to have the physical ticket in your hands to bring to the person in the parking lot or the person coming from across town or for you to not even have to be there and you can just digitally send it. So good things there. Glad that's going smooth. That's going to be taking place across the Alaris, the Betty, the Ralph, any any place that UND tickets are going to be sold and accepted this season. So be on the lookout for that if you're going to attend a UND event coming up in the weeks and months ahead. Hockey coming up at home against Niagara on the 8th and the 9th. Volleyball at home this weekend as well. They take on Omaha on the 7th. They take on Denver on the 9th. Jeremiah Tiffin's crew still trying to get that first Summit League win. A tough three-game road swing to Brookings, to the Twin Cities, and then to Macomb. They battled with each one of those teams, SDSU, St. Thomas, and Western, including a five-setter against the Tommies, but still not quite able to get over the hump in the end this season. No, you know, sometimes you just go through years and uh, you, you don't know why, you know, things happen the way they do. But I know they're continuing to grind and uh, they're back at the friendly confines of the Betty. And so, uh, you know, hopefully that'll give us a chance and a jump start this weekend. Yeah, get out this Thursday night at 7 o'clock. If you can't make it in person, we'll have that Omaha game live on Midco Sports and Midco Sports Plus. The Denver game coming up on Saturday at noon. A couple of really tough tests. Omaha is unbeaten in the Summit League this year. Denver's lost just once, two of the premier programs in the conference. But again, if you're going to play them, let's get them at home. Give ourselves the best chance here to uh, pick up the first win of the season, at least in conference play for the volleyball squad. Women's soccer as well, as you mentioned, home this weekend's. Uh, a 1-0 defeat to Kansas City, but then a big 2-1 win over a good Oral Roberts team. Those are the first Summit League games of the year for Chris Logan and company. That soccer squad has battled so much adversity over the course of this season already, from games being called off because of hurricanes and different issues within the team of, of kids just not being able to be active. And yet they find themselves here, 500, you know, through one weekend of Summit League play. What have you heard from Chris about how things are going with the program right now? Yeah, and, and you know we're we we certainly are playing uh, a number of uh, young players as well, uh, quite a quite a large freshman class. So yeah, no, I think he's been overall pretty uh, satisfied with how the team's played thus far, and uh, um, yeah, the results. Uh, you know, have been mixed a, a little bit, but uh, getting the the win, which was a uh, you know it was a zero zero game for a long long time on Sunday, uh, and then finally found a way to score one then two right, and so uh, always nice to get the second one uh, to 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 get those three points, and then uh, so now we look ahead. I mean, we look ahead, and uh, team will be playing down at Fargo on Sunday at one o'clock, and so it's uh, provided an awesome opportunity for the AD to be able to watch hockey on Friday get in a car, drive to Vermilion Saturday morning, watch a football game, watch hockey on Midco on Saturday night, and then get in the car Sunday and head to Fargo. So there you go. How about that? Busy weekends. Busy weekend ahead. All good things. I mean, that's, and the great thing is all in the interstate. You're just going to be going up and down 29 a little bit uh, come Saturday. (laughs) It's a good road, Bill. It's It's a good road. I got to load up on the podcasts, not this one, but I'll load up on some other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, women's soccer, kind of a mini buy where they don't have two games in one weekend. And that helps against a big rival like North Dakota State. And as you mentioned, with the young team, a chance to get back on the training pitch, take a look at what we did this past weekend and go try and execute against North Dakota State. As you said, one o'clock on the 10th coming up for women's soccer. 
Cross Country was in action now a couple of weekends ago at the Roy Griak Invitational in the Twin Cities. Not a great day to run, pretty wet conditions, a little bit cold, but both the men and the women did okay hanging in there against an elite field. They now get a chance to get a couple of weeks in between their next big meet, which is going to be down at Texas A&M on the 16th. And then conference action is just coming up. The conference meets only at the end of the coming up at the end of the month. I want to ask Jim Varenkamp back from Greece. Have you had a chance to chat with, with Jim about his his experience and his introduction now into UND athletics now that he's been hired as the new director of track and cross country? Well, as Kyle said in our uh, our um, senior staff meeting this morning, um, We've got Jim V from North Carolina, not Jimmy V. So, uh, mm. but um, but Jim uh, Varenkamp uh, did start, and uh, we threw him right right in. Uh, he was uh, he he popped onto our booster uh, luncheon, so uh, that you know he kind of uh, introduced himself to the Grand Forks community, and then he was uh, at the Hall of Fame banquet, and so uh, so one thing after another, and uh, obviously uh, meeting with the teams as well, and so uh, exciting to have Jim here, and now he's uh, yeah it, it, in. Truly, uh, maybe in future pods, we really probably need to get Travis and uh, Tom Boyson and Jim on, and that may be something we'll schedule down the road for sure. But obviously, the, the, based on when all three of those uh, gentlemen were hired, it's been, uh, uh, you know, obviously just go once once they hit Grand Forks. And so he, he's no different. Now he's trying to figure out, you know, whose assistant coaches will be. And so he was on one side of the uh, interview ledger. Now he's on the other. <laughs> Quick turnarounds for that man. Well, he's got a great thing going there with that program as cross country, both the men and the women having a great, great season. Excited to see what they can do down at College Station coming up on the 16th and later this month at the Summit League Championships. Golf, by the way, one of those spring sports that's playing their fall portion of the season right now both the men and the women busy early this week at beautiful destinations around the country give us a quick golf update bill yeah you know i've talked to 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 both travis and and todd and i i think they're both excited about um their rosters um crystal uh really was uh um before she departed she really uh um kind of was uh I'll, i'll say putting her stamp uh, on the team, so to speak. And so Travis literally, um, it, you know, it feels like Hoosiers. He's, he's getting to know his team and uh, figuring th- those things out. And then Todd um, is, uh, you know, we, we, we finished uh, not where he wanted to finish last spring. And, uh, and I think what he's doing is, uh, is growing this program, Alex, uh, really for the long term. And, and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, he's got an interesting, as I've spoken to him, he, 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 everyone has their own recruiting style, but he has said, you know, to me that he, he does not want to offer anybody uh, an opportunity um, on that roster unless he's seen them live and in competition, because at the end of the day, it, it, golf is one of those sports, right? I mean, you could have a beautiful swing, you can have a lot of other things, but boy, it makes a difference on how you do uh, in tournaments, uh, you know, when you're tied on the, in, in the 17th hole. So, uh, so he's kind of uh, making, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's doing the same from a roster standpoint here. Um, as far as the actual, uh, um, matches they've got in the fall. This is always kind of an opportunity for these teams to kind of figure out until they get to the spring, uh, you know, who their one through five is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. The women down in New Mexico uh, yesterday and today, the men playing in Omaha, good opportunity, like you said, to get some reps in and honestly, just to, to grow as a team and for the young golfers to figure out what this 
college golf thing is like the the travel that you have to do the back-to-back rounds etc good experience for this group as they get ready to do summit league golf come the springtime i think that's the rundown is, did i miss anything what else is there's a lot going on so if i missed something there i apologize what else is on your plate Bill? no i th- i think we're good i think we're good uh just a, again uh lots of uh gratitude toward, uh, um, you know, all everyone that made uh, this past weekend awesome. And, uh, you know, it, again, there's, a, there's feels like a little bit of a level of normalcy back right with the crowds. And so uh, uh, just real busy uh, heading, heading forward here, but uh, excited again about this week coming up. Last thing I want to mention, because the calendar is flipped now, we're in October. There's a big event coming up at the end of the month that everybody's been excited about for, for like two years. Bill, we're in Nashville month. October 30th. <laughs> We're like three weeks Oof. away. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable that that's going to be here before we know it. I know. It's a... Um you know, we're, we're actually uh, really thinking through too, because of the testing that you might need to ha- go into Bridgestone. So working with our Grand Forks public health as well, just making sure we have the right, um, uh, let's just say resources um, that particular week. And, you know, kind of behind the curtain, Alex, too, is the some of the teams and student athletes that need to test that week. We just got to make sure that those things, you know, dot and I's cross and T's because, there's going to be a number of folks, let's just say, from the 701 area code descending upon Nashville. <laughs> just a few. Just just a couple. Just a few. Because yeah. I think, what, Bridgestone holds 17,000, give or take, and a lot of them are going to be yep. wearing green, and it's going to be quite the scene to be, to be down there. And so we are excited for that. Again, for those of you that are traveling, have fun getting excited and getting ready to go. And then, um, as you notice, the, the vaccination requirements are out there. Again, if you're not vaccinated, you just have to have a negative test within, I believe, what, 72 hours, Bill, prior to puck drop hour. That's correct. So that is correct. So just just be aware of those sorts of things. And it's it's going to be a ton of fun. If you can't make it down or don't have tickets, the game will be live on Midco Sports. Our crew is going down there. We have all the all the fun logistics that we're trying to figure out right now with trying to get another truck in there because there is a huge speaking of by the way the Alaris Center experience the Friday night concert and then a Saturday afternoon football game Bridgestone's going to have a Friday night concert a Saturday afternoon hockey game and then another hockey game right after that why not let's throw a few more things that are going on so it's going to be a crazy couple days not to mention all the great stuff that's going around the game itself that the REA is doing alumni events things with the hockey team some great fundraising events by the way brad miller has a great thing that's going on check check social media for that by the way for more information on how to get involved it's going to be a jam-packed weekend and it just uh it can't come soon enough and we'll talk more about it of course on the next pod but just wanted to get that out there that's this month my goodness let's go if you if you head down to nashville and let's just say uh there's nothing for you to do i'm not (laughs) sure about that one (laughs) you uh you will be hard pressed to be bored that that weekend. Let's just let's just. It'll be that. awesome. We're looking forward to it. Well, I think a good time to flip over uh, for a quick ten minute B side, which is going to be headlines by the fact that the Red Sox bill are hosting the Yankees tonight in a one game wild card playoff, as you predicted slash wished for. Probably like two months ago. I think that was probably end of the summer. You were already talking about this, that like maybe if we could just get there, have a one game shot. You envisioned it, Bill. You you dreamt it. You you voiced it into existence. And now here we are. Bill's giving me the <laughs> Bill's saying, no, wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. No, 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 no. The reason why was it was pretty simple 
coming out of the all-star break that, that the, certainly the Red Sox were not going to catch the Rays. I, that, that didn't seem like that, like the Rays were rolling at some point. So it felt like they, they were already lapping the field, so to speak. And then the question then became, well, what can you root for here? I think what you root for is a one gamer against the Yankees and just try to figure it out, you know, like try to redeem yourself from 43 years ago. And so, you know, I kind of thought it would have been better to be doing that at Yankee stadium, but eh, that's okay. We'll take Fenway park. We'll take last ups, I guess. Not the worst thing. The matchup tonight is a, is a tricky one because they've got Garrett Cole going and the Sox had thrown Chris sale against the Nationals on Sunday. So Nate Nady of Aldi's got the ball tonight. How confident are you? Where are you at right now? And like either totally confident, feeling good, not worried, stressed a little bit. How are you going to go through this day? I have no idea what to expect tonight. I, I, I really don't. I, I could see the Red Sox getting blown out. I could see them blowing the Yankees out. Or I could see it just being a nail biter. I mean, I hate to be right on the fence with this. I, I have no idea. Like, you know, when you play a team 19 times and they faced Cole and they, and, you know, and the Yankees have faced Evaldi, I, I mean, there's no mysteries. I mean, it's just not. I mean, so, you know, the question then becomes, right, in <laughs> these teams, I'm just saying, they're not great defensively. Uh, you know, are you giving teams other, are you giving them, uh, are you giving them more outs, right? Are you extending their innings and are you making the plays? Are you, are you getting the double play when you need it? And so, um, yeah, I thought the roster came out today. It was kind of interesting. Obviously, sales not on it for the one game. And then, uh, but, you know, our friend J.D. Martinez uh, had kind of his Wade Boggs putting on a cowboy boot uh, moment, you know, running out to, to play his outfield position. He trips over second base and sprains his ankle. So, so he will not be on the roster tonight. Um, but, you know, I, who knows? With Garrett Cole, he could have struck him out three times too. So I, it, it's hard to say, you know, maybe you play another lefty and away you go, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd like to have a full deck, but at the same time, everybody's available Aside from the people who aren't, everybody's going to be going. This is, this is it. This is one game to advance your season. Obviously, the, the prize is you get to go play the Rays, which is not a great prize, but another another team that you've got all the information on in the world. And this is a Red Sox team, right? We've talked about this. They've overachieved this season, and they've the fact that they're here in this spot. Maybe they're a little ahead of schedule. I've read, I've read a lot about how they're ahead of schedule. Peter Gammons has made me feel better. There have been a lot of people that have made me feel better about where this team is at. And it's it's going to be, I, fingers crossed, and maybe fun is not the right word, but it is fun to have them back in the postseason. It is fun to have them playing meaningful games in October after what we saw the last two years. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm wearing my Carlton Fisk replica jersey. I'm excited about this tonight. It's going to be, a, again, in air quotes, a good time. <laughs> just to have it back. We'll see if that lasts beyond the, the third or fourth inning, but I, I'm excited to see what happens over the course of the nine tonight. Yeah. It feels like the Red Sox over the last, truly the last 10 years, they're like uh, literally hit or miss. They're zero or one. I mean, it's, it's either, you know, they're a playoff team or they just have a season to forget. I mean, it's, it's, it's like really no in between. It's really, really, really odd. But uh, yeah, I read that same article with Gammons and uh, yeah, I thought it was a good article. I mean, just, uh, you know, I, 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 you always want to win, but I think they are trying to rebuild the, the farm system a bit and uh, trying to get under the tax uh, 
tax threshold. And so, you know, I, I, I but, you know, and, and here's the other thing is, um, I, you know, it was disappointing at, at, at the trade deadline that maybe they didn't do more. But, you know, after reading that, I guess I feel much better about it. And, and I in there with their team, you know, they know that this is I, I hate to say it on this pod and maybe I'll regret it, but it, it doesn't feel like a World Series team to me. Maybe they get on a run. Maybe they do I, and, and rip it off or, you know, who knows. But it just doesn't it feels like they need more uh, help if you will. Um, and so, uh, but tonight ought to be, you're right, fun. I mean, it's Red Sox Yankees. It's literally game seven. It's all hands on deck. And you're just going to, you know what, see what happens tonight. Yeah. How will you watch the game this evening? Who's who's around? What are you doing? By yourself in your basement? Just My dog. Yeah, me and my dog. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, I, I just hope this, Alex, here's what I hope. I, I have not seen the starting lineups at this point. What I hope is if there's a foul ball, first base side, I hope Bobby Dahlbeck gets to the fence and then works himself back. <laughs> that's it. That's all I hope. Oh, that's fair. That's a, that's a fair thing to hope for. Oh, he did have a nice home run the other day. Yeah. Yeah, he was 0 for 2 in that circumstance the last time these two teams played. And so it didn't work out great. Um, and uh, I'm not going to kill Vasquez for dropping the, the, the tipped, but they gave they gave Stanton, let's just say, three opportunities. To, and, you know, he made you pay. And, and he got him. On and the so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he got him on the third time. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting how quick a hook um, Cora has tonight, too. Um, I know Evaldi's pitched very well, but it'll be very interesting because I – you know, I, I get it. Erod's going to have an inning. Pavetta will have an inning. I, I, all these guys will be ready to go. But it'll be interesting how 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 quick he's willing to go get them. The bullpen itself has not been good. I think that's the one thing to to remember. So, like you said, you're you're talking about the rest of the starting rotation that they're going to go to. The late, the middle relief, the closing situation, it's not been great for the Sox lately. Because, again, guys have been hurt, and they were thin at that spot anyway. So something to think about as, as we get into maybe the fourth, fifth inning if uh, Nate starts to struggle a little bit. But he's been a great big game pitcher for the Red Sox over the years. Has Garrett Cole, I mean, this has got to be, obviously he had that run with the Astros, and like he's pitched in big games before, but I just wonder this sort of, he's not been in a Yankees-Red Sox situation like this. I wonder how that will be. Uh, for him here tonight as he gets his first taste of this in the postseason. No, I was I was sent uh, a YouTube clip from the 2015 Pirates Cubs game where uh, Kyle Schwarber took him out of the stadium. Mm. So we could use one of those tonight. <laughs> Six years later, Kyle can dial it back <laughs> to the glory days. He's actually been good too. I wish we, we, I shouldn't say that. It'll be fun, as we've said. As you're listening to this, of course, it will already have happened. And and we'll know who's going to play the Rays on whenever it is Thursday when the divisional round begins. But for, for this moment in time, as we record this, we are we are just two hopeful Red Sox fans, just eager to see what's going to happen this evening. I'll leave you with this one, Alex. Well, two things. Two things. Is one, at the playoffs and how it's structured – Find it interesting. The one gamer, I, I, it is, it, it adds a dimension, no doubt about it, which is interesting. I will be interested to see whether or not there's conversation about like, let's just call it 
the Dodgers after winning 105 games and having to go into the one gamer. And then on top of it, this is the more like I, I think the one gamer stays. I think, though, if they were to win, why is San Francisco having to play the wild card team that won 105 games? You know, like literally they should go by record Can you at that point. Like, mm-hmm. don't you think? I think so. I mean, that's that gets to I understand giving a division champion a berth like that makes sense. But then why not then mix it up a little bit and reward the team that because, again, if you it just seems unfair that you would be you won your division, you have this great record and here's your reward. You have to play now this other team also in your division who is maybe the second or third best team in baseball, maybe the best team in baseball if you really want to look at talent. Because, again, the Giants won 107 games. The Dodgers won 106. Nobody else won over 95 in the NL. So why are you going to reward a team that has 11 more losses? It's just weird. It's Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they need to at least look at that about reseeding some things. Yeah, that, that's, that I think would make sense. And you know the other thing that I think they need to really look at is, um, is uh, I just think we've – the whole interleague play needs to be altered again. I, I just think it's, 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 it's lost its luster. It probably has lost its luster, but I didn't like the Red Sox finishing in a national league park. Yeah. That felt weird. If, I mean, worked out okay for us. Got a couple of wins against the Nats, but you're, you're right. It's, it's weird. It's weird. JD, JD would not, JD would be in the game tonight if he wasn't you know, having to play the field. And I, and again, I, I just, Th- those things seem like easy tweaks. So I, I don't know. I, the last thing I'll leave you with, and this is just interesting. Uh, same Cubs fan, um, Chad Karthauser, who sent me the Schwarber clip, um, who's big Schwarber fan, it said in, in this, uh, boy, I hadn't, it, and it goes back to this kind of receding thing. The American League East's fourth place team won 91 games. The National League Central's fourth place team lost 91 games. I mean, so, you know, I I just think your best teams could still be within the same division. So like, even from the Rays standpoint, why would you kind of make them play the Red Sox or Yankees, especially if, you know, each one of them is, is clearly the first and second teams in the American league. Seems odd to me. Yeah, I think in this case, if you were going to reseed, that would still be the matchup because the White Sox won 93 and the Astros won 95. So, so in this particular case, in the AL, it would play true to form. Not the case in the NL. I mean, the Braves won the East, and they went 88 and 73 this year. So, and they get, their reward is they get the Brewers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it works out pretty good for them. Congratulations, Atlanta. Well, the Giants and Dodgers will have to kill each other, potentially, assuming the Cardinals don't. Hey, who knows? Everybody, as you're listening to this, you'll already know the matchups. But yes, I'm with you. They need to rethink this thing. And maybe not uh, get so tied up in who wins a division and who wins a wild card. So, all right. Well, a lot of stuff through this pod. Always fun to catch up. Busy week. Keep pressing ahead. Continued good luck and success with everything that's going on with Athleticsville. You're crushing it over there. Well, I appreciate it. Same, same with you, Alex. You had the double dip on Saturday and did a heck of a job like you always do for, for UND. We really do appreciate it. Last thing I'll say to you is the Spurs could go on international break every week. We might be undefeated. I'm not sure how that would work scheduling wise. It would be hard to do that. But at the end of the day, we seem to be pretty good going into an international break. So that's good. 
they seem to really perk up when they know they're about ready to leave. They really want to leave on. They're like good George Costanza. <laughs> they leave on a high note, Bill, every time. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and with that, we will bid you adieu for another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast. For you and the Athletics Director, Bill Chaves, for our producer, Cassie Niles, I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy October, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.